Welcome to Nancy Wilson's Femina Podcast. If you've been listening and enjoying the podcast, we'd ask that you please leave a rating and a review as it helps the podcast reach outside of our pocket of faithful listeners because we want to bless the most people possible. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to the Femina Podcast. This is Nancy Wilson. Today, I thought we could spend a few minutes talking about how we women can act and not react when we or or our loved ones or our friends or our church is being criticized, lied about, slandered, bullied, or hated, any of those things, all of the above, for being practicing Christians, for being open Christians. You know, how do we take it cheerfully when we are at the receiving end of unkindness, all right? So I feel like now is the time where many of you all are maybe having to deal with this in ways you haven't had to before, or for many of you, it might be just more of the same old thing and you've got it dialed in. So, And I'd also like to just talk about what God's perspective is when his people are being persecuted. And that's really the more important thing. Now, we live in a small town that has had occasional outbursts of slander and hatred toward us, you know, every so often. And we've weathered it over the years. We've been here for over 40 years. So we've had, um, you know, (laughs) we've had our opportunities to practice these things. And we've gotten used to a pretty steady, low-level amount of slander that just goes around all the time. And much of it is really laughable. But then there are occasional real outbursts on the internet or personal, even personal threats or vindictiveness or ugly vandalism. And so it's, it's, uh, it's something that I'm familiar with. I'm not going to say I'm a pro at it by any stretch, but I know where to go and I know what the Bible says that I'm supposed to do when these things happen. And so hopefully uh, I can give you some, some tips. <laughs> And that might be quite a lot to tackle on this one little humble podcast, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. So here we go. The first thing to remember when they're lying about you or about your church is this. The devil is the father of all lies. This is his native language. And lying is the only weapon the enemy really has. So don't be surprised when the newspaper lies about you or your husband, or your church. Don't be surprised when the internet lies about you, when the comment section is full of lies. Don't be surprised when the gossip around town is full of lies about you. I actually think we should be more surprised when they tell the truth. I mean, (laughs) really, that would be a big surprise. Our church has been on the front page of our little town paper many times over the years, and I remember I don't remember the occasion, but I do remember the first time how shocked I was to see, here's this article on the front page with some like wild headline or other. And it was, the story was full of lies. And I mean, just open, blatant, flagrant (laughs) and fragrant, (laughs) flagrant lies about us. And I was just so stunned. You know, I remember saying, Doug, how can they do this? I mean, this is just a flat out lie. And he said, but Nancy, that's the only weapon the devil has. And that was a real, 
helpful comment for me. It's like, well, of course. So I have learned to expect it. And I'll tell you the truth. I never read the stories about our church or about my husband or I don't read them. We quit taking the paper long ago. Why would we pay them money (laughs) to write stories that are just full of dishonesty? And um, even when we've tried to, you know, to write seeking to make a correction, it just creates more lies and more fury. So it just makes more sense to ignore it unless we absolutely need to respond. And occasionally my husband will do that. But that's rare, you know, really. And it's just like on the internet, ladies, why read the comments? (laughs) It can be the most innocent post and full of just vitriolic comments. So it's all of this is like the troll. They're the trolls. They're the trolls on the internet. They don't listen to reason. They never have. So don't be surprised by the lies and always love the truth. This is a spiritual war after all. So in the midst of this type of thing, my favorite go-to place in the word is 1 Peter 4, verses 12 through 14. So let me read those to you. Oh, there's so many good things in it. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. This is such a wonderful, wonderful couple of verses here. Just take this in. Um, first of all, don't think it's strange. Don't think something strange is happening to you. And I love that. Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. It's not as though Peter says, don't think it's strange concerning this trial. It's not really, is it? It isn't really a trial. Um, just overlook it. No, he says it's a fiery trial. (laughs) But don't think it's strange. Don't act like something strange happened to you. Okay, well, that's, that's impressive, isn't it? And, and also, it seems like he's trying to tell us, look, this is the normal Christian life. This is the way it is. And remember, this is to try you or to test you. It's very healthy for our souls to get some opposition over the gospel. So don't get worked up about it. Don't get emotional. Remember, Our good and sovereign Lord has ordained all things, and he works them all for good. And I can say, each time our church has gone through some ordeal or other, where the newspaper is saying outrageous things, the internet's going bonkers, and you know what happens? Our church goes through a big growth spurt, and God blesses us. And so now, after a lot of practice, we can see it with our eyes, but we still have to exercise our faith and trust God for each fiery trial that comes our way. Now, um, the next thing he says is he gives us, he gives us something to do. He doesn't just tell us that it's to try us, but he tells us to rejoice. All right. So you might think, what? (laughs) I'm supposed to do a little victory dance? I was like, well, yeah, actually you are. Rejoicing that you're partaking of Christ's sufferings, no matter how small in comparison to his sufferings. 
So when you read the Gospels and you read again the kind of suffering Christ went through, and then you compare our own trials to it, of course, they are minute. And yet he says rejoice because we are participating in some small way in his sufferings. And he says when he finally reveals his glory, and won't that be wonderful, we aren't going to be the ones cowering in fear. We're going to be the ones rejoicing with exceeding joy. And so we're to look forward to that day. I guarantee you that if we rejoice in this kind of persecution that's happening around our country right now, we will never regret it. We're not going to, down the road, in glory, when Christ comes, say, oh, I'm really sorry that I, I didn't rejoice more in those trials. It's like, no, no, no. We, what we will be thankful for is that we were not ashamed of his name, that we rejoiced in it, we saw his hand in it, and we did what he told us to say. During times of particular trials, to help me get there, you know, to help me rejoice, I made a point of getting better wine and some really fun chocolate for our Sabbath dinner on Saturday night. A lot of you may know we we kick off the Lord's Day on Saturday night. We've just done this for years. A lot of you may have Sunday dinners. It doesn't matter when you're doing this, but we have a weekly celebration of looking forward to the Lord's Day. And so when we were in in the paper, when we were in hot water, I would just try to make Sabbath dinner a little more fun, a little more festive. And we would often sing Psalm 20 that begins, The Lord hear thee in troubled times. May Jacob's God defend thee and send out strength from Zion's hill and from his sanctuary. You can look up Psalm 20. That's how we can rejoice. And I need something concrete to do, not just in my heart, although that's where it begins, of course. But it's like, Lord, help me to rejoice. People are lying, they're threatening to sue us, or they're do- whatever they're doing. And um, how can I rejoice? I can sing. Yep. I can celebrate. I can set the table prettier. I can put prettier flowers on. I can put on the, the music. And I can encourage my people to rejoice with me and sing and have a happy time around our table together. And you know, we all want to be blessed. But this verse says, if you are reproached for Christ, you are blessed. And we, yes, we want to be blessed, but wouldn't we all agree? But we want the blessing to be prosperity and health and happiness. We don't want blessing from trials or suffering, especially not the fiery ones. (laughs) And um, I know, I get this. It's not our natural fleshly response to think it's a blessing. But by faith, we agree with God and we say, yes, it is, because God says it is. And notice what Peter says here. When this happens, the spirit of glory and of God rests on us. Now, that's an amazing statement. So when we are being persecuted and we are rejoicing in this, that we're partaking in some small way of the Lord's sufferings, then just remind yourself that the spirit of glory and of God is resting on you. Oh my goodness. You know, isn't this something we should want and pray for and look for? In the midst of a reproach, remind the Lord that he said this, that his spirit would rest on you 
and trust him for that blessing and look forward to it. And then thank God for it. When we are reproached, when we, the people of God, are reproached, the people on the other end who are doing it are blaspheming. And this is a serious sin, and God sees it. And he is going to deal with it. But we, on the other hand, while they are blaspheming, we are glorifying God. And glorifying God is exactly what we were created to do. And a time of suffering is a perfect opportunity for us to fulfill our creaturely duties. So I just want you to remember that when they are being ugly, when they are saying hateful things, they're blaspheming. And it is not our job to deal with them about the blasphemy. God is going to deal with them about the blasphemy. I think sometimes I have thought to say, and I haven't had the opportunity yet, but I have thought to say, you need to fear God. You know, you need to fear God. And that's about it, because God is going to take care of it. And, and we don't want to get resentful, hateful in return, or bitter toward them. It's like, no, God is going to deal with the blasphemy. And Lord, have mercy on them. Open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. But on our side of things, he says, we are being blessed. All right, so this is, this is a, something really basic to our Christian life. This is not super spiritual Christian living in, you know, 400 level. This is the basic Christianity 101. It's just when we are persecuted, we rejoice. And we, as it says in verse 19, just a couple of verses later, Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So when you're reproached, when you're threatened, as, when you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed, but glorify God. Commit your soul to God in doing good. Return good for evil. Don't react emotionally. Act like you remember that you're participating in the sufferings of Christ and rejoice in that. And when Christ is finally revealed, you're going to be glad with exceeding joy. Now, I am not saying that this is easy. I know it's like much of the Christian life. It's simple to understand. It's hard to do. But the Holy Spirit will enable us to do this. Of course he will. If God commands it, his Spirit is available to enable us to do his commands. So this not, may not be fun at first, but you'll get good at it. You'll get better at it. And this is what you're going to be bestowing on your children and teaching them how we live the Christian life when people are hostile toward us. And so this is good for our soul. Remember that we talked about having our hearts enlarged. We want our faith to grow. So this is a perfect opportunity. What can man do to us anyway? So Thank you for joining me today and have a wonderful week. 